The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So this uh, topic of the Four Noble Truths that uh, has different interpretations, different understandings, different applications of this basic teaching uh, is a teaching that it does lead to realization, to awakening, describes a process for that. And, um, and that process of becoming awake, uh, or that, that the result, sometimes is uh, called vidya in Pali, uh, knowledge, some translators call it true knowledge, um, that uh, there's an awakening, there's an understanding, there's a knowledge, a knowing. Some people translate or use the term direct knowing, a direct experiencing of something that's really sees something clearly with becoming free. And then uh, there is a whole chapter of teachings by the Buddha about the Eightfold Path. And the very first uh, sutta in there uh, begins by saying that with someone who has this awakened knowledge, who's really let go deeply, that they what that right view will spring up, uh, or the right view will emerge out of that. It doesn't uh, say that someone with you know enlightened awareness then thinks about right view or adopts right view or understands right view. Rather, it emerges, it appears. And, uh, and then it goes on to say, if someone ha- has right view, then right intention springs up. Springs up is Bhikkhu Bodhi's translation. Someone with right intention, uh, right action springs up. With right action, right speech springs up. With the right speech, right livelihood springs up. With right livelihood, right effort springs up. With right effort, right mindfulness springs up. And right uh, mindfulness, right concentration springs up. It's, you know, it's a very significant that they repeat this word springs up over and over again. Uh, it's not a, um, a, uh, an action a person does. It's not like this is what we have to do. It's rather a result of what happens. When we let go deeply, really deeply, we let go into something really good. Something here emerges. And one of the things that emerges is the Eightfold Path. It springs up in a person. And, uh, and as I said yesterday, it's, uh, we become the Eightfold Path. The Eightfold Path is not something we do. The Eightfold Path is what we are when we've done the work of practice, when we've deep, deep, deep down into the practice and we become the Eightfold Path in a certain way. And um, so, so some of this uh, maybe is interesting to look at the word right, that right, uh, many people in English have some trouble with the word right. And it's a translation of a word samma in Pali, samyak in Sanskrit. And uh, I don't know how much to make of this, but if you look in the, the Pali dictionary, there are two definitions for samma. One is right or proper, complete. And the other one is it's a, sacrifi- a sacri- 
it's an instrument it's a like a ladle or an instrument used a tool used for uh, sacred rituals uh, of the not in Buddhists but in pre-Buddhist kind of religions and I suspect that this word sama has very rich uh, religious connotations in ancient India that is lost by the English word right um, and um, and uh, and so if you go look at, especially at the Sanskrit roots of the word, asamma, it means uh, things like, it means to come together, to gather together and, uh, and to unite or to come together and go in the same direction, to be unified in how it's going or how we're walking, uh, to be unified. And that, and that lends itself to being understood as, as coming together, as being complete, as being entire. So it could be that it's the complete view or the unified view, the harmonious view. It's the view when all the, everything comes together in harmony or everything comes together to be whole. So I, like uh, I kind of like the, uh, the idea of calling it complete view in the sense that it's, uh, everything is included now. It's a there's a completion. There's nothing left out. There's a wholeness in that process. There's a sacred kind of connection now, a sacred kind of way, instrument of life. And we have become that sacred instrument. Uh, so the word samma, it's translated into English as right. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a useful translation in some ways if you think of it as um, the right tool for the job that you have to do that maybe it's good, but um, but it's much more limited, the word right, to probably the richness of the word sama, especially when we realize that uh, one of the primary associations with uh, these eightfold path factors, right view and so forth, is, um, is how a person has become when they're, they're awakened. Uh, so then maybe complete works better, or full, or unified, or the harmonious view. When then uh, right view is defined in many different ways in the suttas, in teachings. And, uh, and in fact, because there's so many different ways, the, the ancient texts will, suttas will actually make a differentiation between the right view that it's mundane and that which is super mundane. Or right view that's part of living a good life versus right view that has to do with becoming liberated. And the liberating one, right view, is defined as um, seeing suffering, the arising of suffering, the cessation of suffering, and the practice leading to the cessation of suffering, or the practice walking uh, the uh, cessation of suffering. Um, it's a little bit, we don't really know quite how to understand the Pali, and it gets more tricky to understand this when we realize we're talking not about a beginner's practice, the Eightfold Path, going towards awakening, but what a person becomes when they are awakening, awakened. And, uh, and so um, uh, uh, we become the Eightfold Path, we enter the stream of the Eightfold Path, we get carried in the current of the Eightfold Path, and so we're letting go into something uh, that carries us into something that supports us and has us. And, um, 
and the and the deep cessation, the deep dropping away that goes on, is is not a loss, but it's a phenomenal gain. But it's not a gain that you can hold on to, because then as soon as you, you know, close around the fist, have the open hand and close around the fist, close, you know, close up to grab the open hand and make a fist, you've lost it. So it kind of doesn't go along with the usual way that many of us will operate and wanting and being. And many of the ways in which we have a self, the self-identity, self-views we have, uh, is a kind of fisting up, a kind of contracting in and of itself. And this deep letting go, it's, it kind of goes against the current of the usual way of being in the world and wanting and having something and being someone and the strong habit of in that direction. And, and to break that habit and really begin to appreciate the openness, the absence and openness that comes with letting go. And to have this so, the experience of it so present in one's heart or in one's being, that it becomes a reference point that really begins to uh, work on us and open us more. And we realize this is the way forward. This is what's worthwhile. It's not worthwhile going back and clinging and holding. Let's let's explore this. Let's become wise in this whole experience of letting go. So, um, so here what we're seeing is on one hand, we have these four liberating insights. Um, we have suffering, the arising suffering, the cessation of suffering, and the practice leading to cessation of suffering. Um, uh, becoming now, I'm starting to become associated with something called the Eightfold Path. Uh, the Eightfold Path that comes out of that experience, and uh, and in some places we actually have these now five things associated in the suttas. Uh, in some of the poetry that they have, they have the discussions about uh, suffering, the arising suffering, the disappearance of suffering, um, the practice of, this, of, of leading to the spring suffering and the Eightfold Path. And so there's a kind of, the beginning kind of bringing these together, these two, and this bringing them together uh, becomes kind of complete in a few of the uh, teachings of the Buddha. And I say few, where uh, he said, he, uh, where the fourth noble truth is explained or defined by uh, the, the Noble Eightfold Path. And uh, in this very famous discourse called the First Sermon of the Buddha, he does that there. He, he connects it there. And, um, and, um, um, and partly, I, you know, it's there because it's really this, the, when you really become the practice or realize the practice that goes with the cessation of suffering, it becomes almost one and the same, the Eightfold Path. So there's a kind of coming together. And that coming together of those two uh, it, uh, has a kind of, there's a kind of a word play that goes on that's a little bit more confusing in English, perhaps. Um, maybe I said this yesterday, but the word way um, usually the fourth noble truth is described as defined as the way leading to the cessation of suffering. And the word way can also mean a road or a path. But the word way is, is translating a Pali word 
that means a method or a practice. And way can also mean a method or a practice that we do. A way to do something is a method. And, um, and so when we have this word in English, the, the way leading to cessation of suffering, and we have an association of this uh, way with the magga, with a path, a full path, some people will, uh, uh, without even thinking, associate way with path as being one and the same thing. And, uh, and therefore, the fourth noble truth becomes the noble eightfold path. Probably a more accurate way of reading the ancient texts, as le- at least, is that uh, the, the practice that leads to liberation is seeing the inconstancy, deep experience of inconstancy that lo- allows us to let go, and that that deep letting go becomes synonymous with now inhabiting or becoming the Eightfold Path. And, uh, and the Eightfold Path is just naturally what we do, how we are. And this is a fascinating thing, that we become this thing, that letting go allows us to be transformed. And it's a transformation that uh, it's in, in the kind of modern English language, we might want to consider as being an ethical transformation. The Eightfold Path has very deep ethical connotations uh, or associations or expressions, especially uh, 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 right action, right speech, and right livelihood. But the other ones also do. And... Um, the, uh, and they have a very deep interpersonal aspect to them. The Eightfold Path has a lot to do with how we live the life interpersonally. And so now it's getting richer and richer that this deep experience of letting go, deep experience of letting go that leads to becoming the Eightfold Path, transforms how we live in the world and how we interact ethically with people. Not because we're supposed to, but because we do. It's who we are. So tomorrow, then, I'll talk more about the Eightfold Path. And, um, and it's a wonderful teaching. And, and um, in the meantime, just let go. Thank you. <laughs>